Hi, I'm Ruthie, owner of Defy the Status Quo and your host on the Defiant Business Podcast, your Monday through Friday, 10-minute shot of business knowledge. This morning, the question I want you to consider is what business are you in? That might be a little bit of an odd question, but I don't mean what's your business name. Usually, this question can also be restructured as what industry are you in? And I promise that it's not as easy of a question as it sounds. So today, we're going to be talking about marketing myopia. And so myopia is the term for nearsightedness. So Uh, marketing nearsightedness or business myopia may also be a a good term for this. And the classic example is the railroad industry. And basically, they thought they were in the railroad industry. They thought they were in the industry of, you know, transporting people via trains. But there's the word. That was the key to their downfall for the most part. Most of those companies is that they weren't in the railroad or train industry. They were in the transportation industry. And if they had positioned their businesses as such, then they could have easily invested in other modes of transportation because then they wouldn't have been a train company. They would have been a transportation company. And that wouldn't have been odd at all. So marketing myopia or business myopia also keeps companies, whether you're an individual or you're a small business or a large business, it keeps you from being creative and innovative. Why? Because you're focused on the way that you do things and the way that your competitors do do things. And this is the way that we've always done it. And while you may iterate and make certain ways better, you're not necessarily looking for brand new ways to achieve your goals. Perfect example of this is banks and Amazon. And you're thinking banks and Amazon. Well, so Amazon is positioned in itself to be able to, or already has, positioned itself to be able to provide loans to small businesses. Now, this is obviously fantastic news, potentially, for the small businesses who sell through Amazon. So you see Amazon is further integrating themselves into these small business operations. Not only do they have the marketplace, but they also have the logistics set up to function as a 3PL for these businesses. And now they want to be able to offer small business loans to these companies. Banks haven't necessarily change too much the way that they've done things. And obviously there's a reason why they do things the way they do, but they haven't looked at it the same way uh, as Amazon is looking at it. So I was, I was reading an article on HBR and they were talking about the blade and the razor. So the blade is like your primary business mechanism and the razor is anything that you do to add to your, the effectiveness of your blade. So in this case, banking, they, you know, when they give out loans and they do those sorts of things, that is the bl- one of the blades of their business. For Amazon, however, it is not. It is a razor. And so Amazon doesn't even necessarily have to be perfect at it in order for it to be successful. So another example would be tech companies and Amazon. I know it's, it always comes back to Amazon. And the reason why is because Amazon doesn't have myopia at all, it appears anyway. But you know, the tech companies weren't regarding Amazon as a serious competitor. And yet now we see Amazon competing for one of the biggest uh, tech 
government contracts the United States has ever had. It's like a $10 billion contract for, you know, for technology focused services and products. And Amazon is, you know, one of just a couple competitors left at this point. And then another one, of course, is logistics companies and Amazon. So, you know, the logistics companies keep saying that Amazon is not a competitor, um, you know, and they that's what they feel like pretending, I guess. But what we're looking at here is, again, Amazon added another razor to make the blade of their business more effective. And that's just serving and, and their industry is customer happiness, customer satisfaction, basically. That's what we see at this point. You can see it in Amazon's publishing, their ownership of Audible, uh, all the ebooks, the Amazon Marketplace. Amazon Prime and them creating all of their content, they're basically in the industry of customer happiness and the rest of these businesses need to catch up. I want to take a quick second to talk about starting your own podcast. I know it's the super fancy thing to do these days, but a lot of podcasts start and then stop because the host underestimated the amount of work involved. Heck, my episodes are only 10 minutes long and it's still a lot of work. So if you're really considering starting a podcast, I really recommend Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, you know, let me take a second to explain it to you. First of all, it's free, which is great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast on your computer and ding, ding, bonus feature right on your phone so you can do on-the-go podcast recordings. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcasts for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so many others. And you can make money from your Going in amazing places. If, um, if a business isn't currently employing video as a strategy... They really should. You know, you, you mentioned the earlier parts of my career. I used to try to convince businesses that they needed a website. You know, you, you really should have a website. Like, ah, you know, I got this brick and mortar store. Uh, you, you really need a website. And, you know, people got on board with that. You really need a video. Ah, you know, I've got this two-page white paper. Eh, nobody's reading your two-page white paper. Yeah, maybe you should turn your white paper into a video. <laughs> Right? You know, and, and so now it's like, you know, if, if you're not using video on a consistent basis to create quality content, content marketing is still king. People want to know. They want to know that you're an expert. They want to know that if they invest their time and money in you, are they going to get a positive return on their investment? And that ROI is, is, is where it's at. As soon as you can show that, they go, oh, that's all I needed to know. That's why those uh, testimonial videos are so important. You look right. at an actual client and they say, here, we had a problem, and we trusted Kurt with that problem, and here's what he did, and here are the results, and we couldn't be happier. People see those things, and they're like, I, that's, that's what I needed to know. I just wanted to know that you were going to steward my, my investment of time, effort, money well, that I would get a positive return. Uh, you weren't going to take advantage of us, and, and now I know. And it's hard for a business owner to say that. It's hard to say, trust me, you know. I, but it's much better if your current clientele say, no, you know, she's great. He's great. We, we love working with them. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have today, but I feel like we definitely explored some topics that we could have easily done an entire episode around, which is always good news. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you very much, Kurt, for you know 
being a guest on the Divine Business Podcast, and I will be including links to your website and your LinkedIn for anybody who wants to connect with you and connect with a brand-ready media. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's a real honor and a pleasure. And keep up the great work in content marketing. Thank you.